0: Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa! Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, downtown Northport, anywhere that you're watching the Joe Gaither Show, you're looking at us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter you're listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon, this is the Thursday edition of the Joe Gaither Show, and I appreciate everybody jumping in and joining us on the comment side of things. You can jump in and comment on whatever uh, thing that you like right there on Facebook at Joe Gaither 6, on YouTube, on Twitter, at Joe Gaither 6 for all your social media machines if you want to jump in and join us. Everybody's welcome. I hope you're having a beautiful Thursday so far. We want to encourage you to follow our other Bama Central podcast. We have Blue, blue Collar Unplugged, Blake Byler, Matthew Gibson, And Jacob Pickle bringing you all things Bama basketball related with Blue Collar Unplugged. Just a little tidbit for you real quick before we get rolling. Bama basketball's SEC season is about to get dropped. I think it's being dropped right now as we speak. I believe, uh, I mean, don't click away from the show, but I believe the Alabama basketball Twitter and official social media pages has just dropped the SEC schedule. And the the guys have been a part of that, uh, have been a part of Releasing that schedule. So, look, we put out the non-conference schedule last week at some point. I probably think it was last Friday. And so, what, we're 65 days, something like that, 64 days away from Alabama basketball tipping off November the 7th right here at Coleman Coliseum. And they're releasing the SEC schedule. Right now, I believe. So you, you get, we will have a full picture of what the uh, what lies ahead for Alabama basketball uh, as the day progresses. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Bama Hoops. Uh, you guys that listen to the program regularly know that Bama Hoops has my heart the most. And so we are looking forward to a 2023-2024 season under Nate Oates. We'll see what Grant Nelson and them boys can come up with. Mark Sears, Grant Nelson, and them boys can come up with. We're gonna have a fun show. Hopefully, we're gonna have a fun show on a Thursday. Yes, I am a little sleepy. It's been a bit, been been a busy week so far, but it's all good. Look, this is Texas week, and I am very very excited for Texas week. I cannot wait for uh, all the festivities to happen on Friday. I cannot wait for all the uh, excuse me on Saturday. It feels like Friday already for me, but no, it is Thursday. We got two more days away from Alabama and Texas. Right there under the lights on Brian Denny Stadium, so we cannot wait for that, and we're going to kind of get into that a little bit further. We've gotten into it a little bit already this week with our friend Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman. That was our Tuesday program. If you missed any of that, you can check it out on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Austin uh, Kirk Bowles has been covering Texas football since 1973, so he knows the Longhorns inside and out. And I appreciate he, I appreciate him giving me some of his expertise on Tuesday, on the Tuesday program. So what will we do today all together right here, you guys and us? Let's talk about Nick Saban. Nick Saban was with the media yesterday for the final time. Now, of course, you'll be able to hear him on Hey Coach at 6.30 tonight. And if you are not able to listen to Hey Coach in any in any place, you, you can follow it on BamaCentral.com. I'll be doing our live tracker. I'll be doing our live blog for whatever Nick Saban says. And we'll also hear from Mick Potter and Cannon Claycomb. Yeah, my man Cannon Claycomb. If you uh, heard him on the program or if you're missing him, you can see, uh, go back and search Cannon Claycomb on the program, Alabama Senior Golfer, uh, Alabama Senior Golfer, along with, Jay Sewell will be on Hey Coach tonight at 6.30. And then, of course, we're going to have the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Saban at 7 p.m. You'll be able to hear that uh, on various Crimson Tide Sports Network outlets and affiliates. And you'll be able to keep follow it on BamaCentral.com's page right there. We will host uh, we'll host a live blog like we do each and every week, giving you all the highlights and trying to quote Coach Saban as best we can, keeping up with everything that he has to say. I love me some Hey Coach. So we'll be doing that tonight. but. All that to say, yesterday he talked to the media for the last time, uh, for the last time before uh, going into the game on Saturday. I cannot wait to, let's get into it. He, he said, I have, what? how many clips did I pull? One, two, three, four. I pulled four clips from his 12-minute uh, press conference yesterday in the Naylor Stone media room. And let's get right into some of the things that he had to say. We'll let Coach Saban drive the conversation. Then we'll talk about Alabama in the NFL as the NFL gets kicked off tonight tonight little Detroit Lions and Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs. What time was that going to be? Detroit Lions, it's going to be 7? Uh, let's see. They're going to play a, yeah, 7.20. 7.20 on NBC. If you get that on your cable package, you'll be able to see the Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs open up the NFL season tonight. Now at 4 o'clock, we'll be following Alabama soccer. Alabama soccer tries to keep things rolling at Southern Miss. They're coming off back-to-back ties. 2-0-0 games. Now that's Great for the defense, not giving up any goals. But we got to get some production in front of the net. Come on, Coach Hart. We got to get some production in front of the net. And now, of course, they're working hard. They're trying. They're they're creating chances. They are still creating a lot of chances. They created a lot of chances against Miami last uh, last Thursday. Just was unable to get the ball in the back of the net. So the ladies will be playing at four o'clock today against Southern Miss. We'll also have a live blog going with that. My man Will Miller will man that. I believe it'll be at four p.m. So coming up in about three hours, the ladies will be playing again. Southern Miss, and hopefully they can get get back into the winning column. Now, ties are better than losses, but you know what Coach Bryant said. A tie is like kissing your sister. You don't want to do that. I kiss my sister on the cheek sometimes, very rarely. I love my sisters. I love you guys, but I'm not interested in any mouth-to-mouth kisses. That sounds like not something I want to be involved in, and so we hope the ladies can get back out of the tie column into the win column. So let's get to football. Let's get to football. Let's bring it up, and let's talk about Nick Saban. Nick Saban talking in the Naylor Stone Media Room yesterday about all things Alabama, really Alabama, and Texas. Now, I pulled four different clips. I don't care what he said about the Texas offensive line or the Texas secondary or the Texas defensive line because I'll tell you what he said. Oh, they're a real good unit. They do. It was an offensive line. He's going to say this about every offensive line. Oh, they're a real good unit. They work hard together. They have a real good scheme. We're gonna have to be uh, at, at our best to get penetration. Those guys do a real good job up front. Whoever their position coach, in this case Kyle Flood, uh, whoever their position coach, coaches them real good. Uh, these they're they're really tough to go against. I mean, he he gives stock answers if you if you ask him about position groups or if you ask him about certain players. And look, Coach Saban. Uh, We love him, and this is no criticism of him, really. It's not. It's just kind of the coaching mindset. It's really just kind of the coaching robot mindset uh, where – you ask him about a player. Let's just ask him about you know running back. Well, running back X, he's doing really good. He's been working really hard, staying extra after practice. We're really impressed with running back X. He uh, runs the ball really hard. He sees the hole really well. What we want to see out of running back X is to get him a little bit more consistency in the passing game. Bada We we we, we want to see a little bit more from running back X. But we're not disappointed in running back X, and we're excited to see what kind of production running back X can have for the team this year. I mean, he does the same stock answers if you ask about any specific player or any specific team coach what do you think about uh what do you think about uh, what do you think about your defensive lineman Y? Defensive lineman Y works really hard. He gets after the passer. Defensive lineman Y has been studying film. You can see that he's been doing a lot in the weight room, getting stronger, getting faster, getting more explosive. We're really happy with the progress that that the defensive lineman Y is making. And uh, we think defensive lineman Y can uh, really contribute to this football team this year. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a stock answer, or uh, you know, he's never going to criticize his own players, and he's never going to criticize other teams' players because that's just not the style, and of course, it's not classy. Coach Saban wants to keep everything classy. He wants to encourage all his players. He hardly gets into the critical game. Uh, so, so that's why I don't really ever. I uh, take a whole lot of stock about. Coach, what do you think about uh, the other team's secondary? Well, the other team, t- team secondary, they fly around really good. Uh, they they, tr- they make plays on the football. You're going to have to make uh, smart decisions in the passing game when you're throwing against the other team's secondary. And the other team's secondary has one ex-star player and I have another star player that's coming along really nicely. And uh, we're going to have to be on our game when we're playing against uh, the other team's secondary. <laughs> It's the Coach Saban stock answer. Oh man, I'm actually going to click on that. Uh, the yeah, the, the basketball schedule. We'll get into that at the end of the at the end of the show. Yes, yeah, so I'm getting pop ups for the basketball schedule. All right, so let's get into Nick Saban. Let's start with the crowd. Let's start with uh, he. He had two points in his opening statement that I wanted to get into, and then two points in the last little bit of the press conference that I wanted to get into as well. Uh, the easy place to start is right here, Nick Saban on the crowd in Bryant Denny Stadium.
1: I think. Uh, atmosphere and environment in this game, fans, um, their energy and enthusiasm really can have an impact on a game like this. Uh, you impact the offense, uh, their ability to check, their ability to communicate, uh, sometimes get the snap count right. So um, I, I think the fans being in this game can you know create not only positive energy for our team, uh, which we certainly appreciate and I know the players appreciate, but also, make it more difficult for the other team to operate, you know, when they have the ball. So I think, you know, that energy and enthusiasm is really important too.
0: Nick Saban talking about the crowd and that's something that I think is going to be really, really important on Saturday. Uh, Look, I love bryant Denny Stadium. I have a lot of fun there. I've been to a billion and a half games over there, and I love it. I do love the atmosphere. I love the lights. I mostly like the crowd. But let's be honest, it's not really always – it's not always intimidating. Look, the loudest I have ever heard bryant Denny Stadium was probably – uh, probably the Julio Jones 2009 uh, probably the Julio Jones 2009 screen pass against LSU where the stadium fell apart as he goes as he goes all the way past uh, yes sir as he goes all the way past uh, down the sidelines and, and basically breaks the game open to beat LSU in 2009. It's gonna be vital for everybody to be into the game from the jump and really be you know get out of their usual self. Honestly, I mean, it takes a little bit of in, it takes a little bit of disregarding your inhibition. And exactly, my man James Ludeman uh, talking about the twelfth man, super important. Exactly, you guys all remember watching the game in Austin last season. It was rowdy. It was borderline dangerous. Those guys got into the stadium very very early, got lubed up. Yes, it was twelve o'clock, and the heat probably played a factor as well but no the crowd was loud the entire game not mild loud not hey let's clap a little bit let's make sure we clap 10% more no 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 they were going uh really 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 loud the whole time so like i'm not going to yell on this show really but you're going to have to yell The whole time, you're going to have to be content with having no voice in Sunday church uh, on Sunday. You're going to have to be content with going to work with a little hoarse voice on Monday. Oh, yeah, I was at the Alabama game. I gave them all for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, you're going to have to be content with that. And honestly... Where is a badge of, badge of honor? Go into work with, without a voice on Monday. Go into work sounding crud, cruddy on Tuesday because you gave it up for Alabama. And you'll be proud of yourself, especially if Alabama comes away with a victory. Exactly, Miss julian Well, Texas sucks. We'll have a chance to beat Alabama football at night. Exactly. It's going to be under the lights. It's going to be a huge environment. I think the lights... Help people get into the game uh, a little bit more, be a little bit more vocal. And I think the lights are uh, a conducive factor for you to let go of, you know, let go of who you usually are outside the stadium. Look, I know all of us are business people and try to be serious people outside of the stadium. Like, I get that. You have you're you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're a restaurant worker, you're wherever you are. Like you, you, you want to be professional and conduct yourself in a proper manner with manners, but throw some of your manners out the window. Throw some of your manners out the window at Brandon Stadium. Go out there and reconnect with your inner child a little bit. Look, you you see a kid at a game. You see a kid at a game; they're going roll tide, and they're into it. Now, of course, their little childlike voice is not necessarily uh, going to help, uh, going to going to be as effective. But come on, get your booming voice! You're yelling at the kids, or you're yelling across the yard, or you're yelling at your dog, whatever the case may be. Reconnect with your childlike uh, mindset and get into look that first little time that you love the crimson tide. Come on, Bama! You're gonna have to get into it. You have to get into it right off the bat. And don't get into it just on third down. It's third down. Don't get into it just on third down. Like it, it, You have to be into it from the jump. You want to see Alabama, Alabama's defense against uh, Texas on third and 12? Let me tell you, it'll be third and 12, third and 14 If you, if you guys are into it, if you guys are yelling. Otherwise, if you're not yelling on first and second down, Texas is going to be looking at third and three. They're going to be looking at third and two they're going to be looking at third and manageable. You want to get Texas's offense into third and long. And how do you do that? How do you do that? You do it by being loud right off the bat. Intimidate the Texas folks. Now granted, they're not going to be as, they're not going to be as intimidated as say a Mercer or uh, some teeny teeny tech you, you know, US Texas, you know, some small some smaller school that's never played in front of 100,000 people. No. They played in front of crowds this big. They have, and and so that's not going to be a thing. You have to make it special. You have to make it memorable for these Texas people. Look, Coach Saban doesn't always talk about the crowd. Coach Saban does not always uh, implore the crowd to be loud. And so, come on, take Coach Saban's words to heart and bring it on time. I think
1: uh, atmosphere and environment in this game, fans, um, their energy and enthusiasm, really can have an impact on a game like this. Uh, you impact the offense, uh, their ability to check, their ability to communicate, uh, sometimes get the snap count right. So um, I, I think the fans being in this game can you know, create not only positive energy for our team, uh, which we certainly appreciate, and I know the players appreciate, but also make it more difficult for the other team to operate you know, when they have the ball. So I think, you know, that energy and enthusiasm is really important, too.
0: Exactly. You want to get after Quinn Ewers? I mean, yes, he cut the mullet. But, call, but yell out a mullet, man. You want to get into Xavier Worthy's head? Xavier Worthy, I mean, he's probably your most dangerous weapon on Saturday to, to, be, to be guarding. You want to get Xavier Worthy to jump off sides? yeah, you're yelling your tails off and you're going to have to be the rowdy Alabama fans that, you know, sometimes you don't look, I'll be honest. Sometimes I don't love the rowdy Alabama fans. Sometimes I think, come on, you gump. Let's, 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 let's button up a little bit, but this is the time to reconnect with your inner gump, bring out your energy, your your childlike enthusiasm, your childlike energy and get it and give it all for the tide. Look, James Ludeman on the other comment, 12th man, super important. It, it, it is. It's it, it's going to be vital for Alabama. Look, you want to give Alabama that extra edge, create some penalties for Alabama, create some advantageous situations for Alabama. You can be a part of this game. You ain't going to take a snap. I promise you that. You're not going to take a snap. You're not going to make a block. You're not going to do anything like that. You're not going to call any plays on the headset. No. But you can be a part of this game by bringing the energy right off the bat. Right off the bat. Look, we all get excited when Coach Saban walks down the tunnel and goes out there. And, of course, everybody cheers. And we all boo when the opposing team comes out of their tunnel. Yeah, so right from there, you hold it up. You keep it going. You get fired up. And whatever it takes, it's going to be a 6 o'clock game, right? So it's going to be a 6 o'clock game. You're going to have plenty of time to eat a lot of food. You're going to have plenty of time to drink a lot of water or other libations. To get whatever it takes to get yourself into, into the mindset of, I'm going to give my all for the Crimson Tide today. Look, none of us are taking snaps. Unless you're watching and you're playing for the Crimson Tide. Uh, And if you are, I appreciate you. I love you guys and good luck on Saturday. But, like, you're, it's not going to – this is your chance. This is the way. Look, I know all you guys – well, not all you guys, but there's a handful of you guys and girls who like to get online and stir things up with opposing fan bases. That's perfectly fine if that's your game. It's not really my game, but it's perfectly fine. And you think, oh, I'm helping, I'm repping Alabama, I'm defending Alabama. All right, that's fine, I don't agree with that take. But here's a way for you to rep Alabama. Here's a way for you to rep the tide. Get involved in the game. Get off your bleeping hands and get into the game. Now, of course, when Alabama has the ball, you're going to want to be quieter. And that's a chance for you guys to rest, a chance for you guys to observe. And, of course, you're going to cheer for first downs and touchdowns, of course. It makes perfect sense. But when Texas has the ball, there's no reason for you to be sitting on those beautiful bleacher seats. And, Graydon, I don't, yeah, I don't always like standing up for the whole game, but this is one of those games. This is one of those opportunities. This is one of those times. Look, I don't agree with with Greg Byrne putting uh, putting the Texas band and putting all the Texas people in the upper deck, which I, I don't agree with repaying them in that fashion. But we are. What we should be repaying them, and where I do agree with repaying the favor, is last year in Austin, they were bleeping crazy. They were absurd for the entire game. All the way to the end, when it looked good for Texas, when it looked bad for Texas, they were in the game. They reacted to the officials. Hell, they might have influenced some of those calls. You remember Alabama had 16 penalties, right? 16 penalties against Texas last year. And the the, the crowd might have gotten into the, the ref's head. This is our chance to repay and create a great atmosphere for the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's a great, this is the chance. And so take the chance and take the opportunity. I think Nick Saban, uh, anytime you hear him talking about I mean, he doesn't talk about the crowd every week. He didn't talk about it last week. I mean, he did, and he probably won't talk about it in two. Well, he might talk about it in two weeks with Ole Miss, but he's not. He, he picks and chooses the time to call out the crowd, and not, that was a weak call out. He wasn't necessarily calling anyone out, but basically just a reminder to the Alabama faithful that you can be a part of this game. No, Jalen Milrow is not going to be handing off, handing you the ball, and no, you're not going to have to make any tackles. Praise the Lord for that. I can't make any tackles on a college field, and he, <laughs> I'd get my butt run over. But here's a chance to get back into the game, I, I, I create create chaos for the Alabama defense, enhance the experience and really intimidate the Texas faithful and the Texas Longhorns. So I think coach Saban is exactly right. That wasn't like a desperate plea. It was just a reminder. It was a reminder. You guys can get involved in the game. And I think it was a strong reminder and a good reminder. All right. So something weird happened yesterday. Something very weird happened yesterday in the Naylor stone media room. Uh, my man, Nick Saban apologized, apologized to our guy, Austin Hannon of Bama Central.com. Look, if you watched the postgame press conference after the MTSU game, Austin Hannon asked a pretty mild question. It was a question that might have—I I easily would have asked it. I don't think it was a bad question at all, and I don't think it was really that big of a hypothetical. But he, the question was: If you didn't see it, Coach, do you think this? How, how do you think this good performance for Jalen Milrow will? How, will he, how do you think he'll be able to build off this good performance and carry it to further weeks? I think a perfectly reasonable question. So, you know, if I have a good show, you're going to want to hope that it carries me, gives me confidence to go into the next show and, and, and play well and perform well. Like, I think it's a perfectly reasonable co- question. Well, Coach Saban, uh he was he had a little fun with it. I don't think he was rude. I really don't think he was rude. I don't think it was a problem. Uh, but he said, so you're asking me a, a hypothetical and I don't know if that one's hypothetical or not, but sorta. I guess I can see his line of thinking. He goes, "This is a Coke bottle, not a crystal ball." How do you think he's gonna play in the future? And so he he a little bit undressed Austin, just a tear, just a hair. But I don't think he was inappropriate. I don't think he was mean. I don't think he was out of line. And then he proceeded to give a reasonable answer. Well, you know, I don't know. And hopefully he gives him confidence, and hopefully he can build off that confidence. This, that, and the other. I don't think it was out of bounds. I don't think it was rude, really. It was just a nice – it was a funny little Saban moment. If you watched our SEC Silly Sound, if you watched our SEC Silly Sound, uh, I think that it was – I used it. I used the clips. It was a Coke bottle, not a crystal ball. Uh, I I used the clips from that uh, specifically in my SEC Silly Sound of the Week this past week. And if you missed that, you can check it out on Nama central.coms YouTube channel, or it was on the back end of the Tuesday program. We'll put out SEC Silly Sound each and every week. And so, Coach, it, it made me laugh. I, I texted Austin later. I said, oh, that's funny. You got Coach riled up a little bit. And, and, and Austin said, oh, it was no big deal. And I don't think it was a big deal. But yesterday in the ne- Naylor Stone media room, Coach Saban circled back to Austin Hannon, listen to coach Saban as he talked about his moment from Saturday.
1: So, um, and Austin, uh, look, you know, you didn't ask a bad question the other night. I just didn't answer it very well. And, um, you know, when a guy plays well in a game at any position, it should help his confidence and it should help him perform better in the future. But I do think that every player, you know, has to understand that just because I played well I still want to try to improve the few things that I could have done better. And I think if a, a, a person keeps that mindset, then they're always improving. All right? Because you're never satisfied uh, and you're always trying to do better. Uh, and you don't let complacency creep, creep into your game. And that certainly hasn't happened with Jalen. So, um, you know, hopefully the confidence that he gained in this game will certainly help him to continue to play. You know, better and better in the future. That's what we hope for as coaches. That's what, what we try to encourage them to do. So, uh, and that should have been my answer the other night.
0: One, nice of you, coach, to go back and, and address it. But two, I think it was, I mean, look, as reporters, if Coach Saban dresses me down ever, I'm going to laugh about it. I'm going to brush it off. It's no problem. Coach Saban and his personality, you know, you just you just learn you just learn to deal with it. And like people think that, oh my man Tim Brando saying Coach Saban you're bullying the media. I haven't experienced that. I've been in the media room for this is going on my fourth year. I have not experienced him bullying the media. Now, if you're going to ask a dumb question and you're going to get a snarky answer, you kind of do it to yourself. I don't think Coach is a bully. I think that's a silly statement. And then you saw, maybe you didn't, but Shannon Terry going out this weekend and saying, oh, Coach needs to treat the, the local media better. He treats us just fine. He treats us just like, what, what does he need to do? We, do we all need to go to lunch with him? I'll tell you, I will go to lunch with you, Coach Saban. But that's silly. That's absurd. He's not going to, hey, guys, y'all want to go to lunch and, and ham it up and talk about all our families? No, 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 no. You just have to understand Coach Saban is a football coach. He's in one-track mind. It's no problem. It no problem at all. And so yesterday, look, I'm sitting right behind or right in front of Austin. I'm sitting in front of Austin and he goes, So you know Austin? And I thought he was about to talk about Austin, Texas. You know, we're playing Texas this weekend. And then he points right at Austin, right behind me. So it sort of looks like he was pointing at me. And I was like, Huh? And then I realized you're talking about Austin Hannon right behind me, my coworker. It was wild. And now it was a perfectly, I mean, okay, very kind of you, Coach, to say, "Oh, I didn't answer a question very well." Very, very kind. Honestly, it is. Uh, my only—if I had a single complaint about the way Coach Saban treats the local media, I, I, one, I really don't. I, I, I don't. Uh, last two weeks ago, when uh, when, when Coach Saban names Jalen Milro, the starting quarterback, I wish he would have given that scoop to somebody on the local media beat. Maybe Nick Kelly. He's great. He's incredible. Maybe Charlie Potter. He's been doing it for ages, and he's also incredible. Somebody uh, on the local media. He gave it to Chris Lowe. He gave it to Chris Lowe because he and Chris Lowe are buddy-buddy. Like, and I don't really have any jealousy over that. I don't have any problem with that. That's the way that Coach Saban operates. And here's the thing. People say, why didn't you tell the local media? I had a friend that uh, texted me saying, how does these na- how do these national guys get the scoops over the local media? And I said, well, Coach Sabin gives the scoop, one to Chris Lowe because one they're friends, they're great friends, they're really good friends and and, and that's that's part of it. but two, Chris Lowe is a national media man and he can say. Jalen Milrow has been named the starting quarterback. He can put that out on his Twitter, and everyone believes it. One, because we all know that their relationship is very strong. But two, let's just say, look, I got a, a small following, and I really appreciate everybody following us. I really do. You guys are the best, and, and you guys keep me going. But it, it, exactly what Julian's saying. Yes, this that's the word. If I go out, if Coach Saban picked up the phone and said, hey, Joe, I'm going to tell you a secret. Or I'm going to tell you that Jalen Milrow is starting the quarterback this week. I want you to put it out. I'm ready for you to let everybody know. And so I say, according to sources, Jalen Milrow is going to be the starting quarterback. You guys will trust me because you, know, you guys will follow me and you guys have seen my work. But the millions and billions of other people who don't know me at all, because I'm small time and that's perfectly fine, uh, will call up the, the media room and say, Joe Gaither says Jalen Milrow is a starting quarterback. Is that true? Uh, dude, they'll call him all day long. Is that true? That, little Joe Gaither says this. Is that, but if Chris Lowe says it, boom, we all believe him. We all know that he's speaking with great credibility because Chris Lowe's been in the business for a long, long time. He's been covering college football uh, probably since, I've been, since the time that I've been alive or longer. And I got no problem with that. Julian is exactly right. Coach trust. Chris Lowe. He knows that whatever he tells Chris Lowe is going to get out there in the right fashion and the right message. I don't have any issue with the way that Coach Saban deals with the local media. And I feel like this is uh, just a, a chance to talk about uh, a chance to open up and talk about it since it's been on the brain. Look, the whole depth chart thing two, uh two weeks ago. I don't think that was bullying the local media. Instead, I feel like that was really Coach Saban trying to manage his own team. And did I feel like it was a little silly? Sure. Yes, I did. But at the end of the day, I don't think it was bullying the media. I think he was just trying a different tactic to manage his own roster. And maybe it worked for him. Maybe it didn't. But It's not bullying the local media. I think that Paul Feinbaum's of the world, the Tim Brando's of the world, those people are trying to stir things up where there is nothing really to stir up. And so yesterday, again, we'll play the clip again, uh, just because it was so unusual. Coach apologizes to Austin. I talked to Austin. He was like, dude, I didn't think anything of it on Saturday night. And I wouldn't have either. Because, Coach, you know, if he wants to go off and be funny, look, two, uh, two, three weeks ago after a scrimmage, I said, Coach, you've only been in pads for a couple of days now. How do you think the team's physicality – how do you like the team's physicality? And he goes, well, you're right. You answered your own question. And, like, there's a teeny bit of snarkiness there, but he's right. Like – uh, early in the season, it's hard to tell how physical the team is. And now, Coach went on to answer the question very well. He gave me the Sparky. He gave us the Sparky Anderson quote: "You got to know when to kick him in the ass, whether whether to pat him on the ass, or whether to do nothing at all." He, he ended up giving me a good answer, just like he gave Austin. So, I mean, did Coach need to apologize? No. Does it show growth? And does it show? You know maybe a softer side of coach Saban to readdress the situation yes and so it was really unusual but really really
1: cool and really interesting so here's coach Saban one more time so um in Austin uh look you know you didn't ask a bad question the other night I just didn't answer it very well and um you know when a guy plays well in a game at any position it should help his confidence and it should help him perform better in the future but I do think that every player you know, has to understand that just because I played well, I still want to try to improve the few things that I could have done better. And I think if a, a, a person keeps that mindset, then they're always improving. Right? Because you're never satisfied. Uh, and you're always trying to do better. Uh, and you don't let complacency creep, creep into your game. And that certainly hasn't happened with Jalen. So, um, you know, hopefully, the confidence that he gained in this game will certainly help him to continue to play, you know, better and better in the future. That's what we hope for as coaches. That's what what we try to encourage him to do. So, uh, and that should have been my answer the other night.
0: Coach Saban showing us his a little softer side with the media, but I don't really think it was inherently necessary. Just really cool. Just really cool. And you know, Austin basically was like, "Oh, I didn't have any issue with the with the answer that I got on Saturday," and uh, to be kind of not necessarily called out because uh, it wasn't a call out. It's basically a, Hey man, I uh, I messed up on Saturday and just a little bit of growth. And I think that that's just uh I don't know. I don't have a better way to say it. It was cool. It was, it, it was really cool to be in that room and to kind of see the context after coach Sabin walked off the media, everyone sort of turned at Austin and was like, Oh my gosh, what in the world? And we all kind of looked at each other and we looked at some of the older guys in the room. And was like, do you ever remember coach Saban apologizing? Cause I don't, I didn't over my three or four years. Uh, and so, and, and yes, Julian is exactly right. I could, uh, uh Jalen Milrow after the game was saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm confident I was happy with my performance, but I still have room to grow. And that's that's the message. Everybody's got room to grow. Uh, I can always do a better show. Even if I feel like I do a good show, I can always do a little bit better. Jalen can do a little bit better. Nick Saban can do a little bit better. You can do a little bit better in your own jobs and in your own lives. Absolutely. Even if you're doing good, we all have another step to take forward and so Jalen this is a big opportunity for you to take another step forward uh, against a really premier opponent look I don't know how many people watched uh, Alabama and MTSU on SEC Network this past weekend, but I know a lot of people, well, a ton of people will be watching Alabama and Texas this weekend on national TV, on Big Boy ESPN, and obviously going to be paying attention to Jalen Milrose's performance, and I will as well. So I just thought that was a cool moment uh, yesterday in the Naylor Stone media room. Uh, Coach, you didn't have to do that, but you just showed a little bit of softer side, a little humanity. A little uh, genuine humanity, and you don't often get that at the media podium. You you get it a lot in Hey Coach. Tonight you'll hear it at 6.30 and 7 o'clock for, for Nick Saban. You hear that humanity a lot uh, with hey, uh, during Hey Coach. Uh, so it was pretty cool yesterday to kind of see that go down uh, in the media room. And we'll just keep trying to ask good questions and trying to get good, good, good answers from Coach Saban. And if you if Coach Saban wants to be funny about anything, this is a Coke bottle, not a crystal ball. I think that it really the attitude shouldn't be so sensitive from the media side. Sorry, Tim Brando. Sorry, Paul Feinbaum. Y'all shouldn't be so sensitive. Y'all should laugh when Coach Saban's trying to be funny. He, look, Coach Saban, I think, was trying to be funny on Saturday night. This is a Coke bottle, not a crystal ball. I don't think he was trying to be mean. You just got to understand coaches' sense of humor just a little bit. Uh, and yes, Miss Julene coach Saban is all class. I think that that is a, uh, I think that's all. I, I really appreciate uh, him doing that. I really just think it was a funny moment and, if he if he gets snarky on any of my questions, I'm usually going to laugh. I'm usually going to laugh because I know either I asked a really stupid question or I asked a good question and he doesn't want to answer it, or I just opened up a door for him to tell a joke and be funny. And, like, honestly, I would rather him be funny than be, well, running back X is going to run the ball hard and running back Y is going to be doing – like, don't give me the stock answers. Give me the funny. Give me the character. Give me the uh, genuine humanity. All right, so look, we are playing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about Sar- Sarkisian just a little bit. Obviously, you all remember Coach Sarkisian from his t- two times here in Tuscaloosa. Look, you can say he blew the national championship game. What in 2016 uh, when when Bo-, when Bo Scarborough got hurt, you can say that if you want to. Look, he got thrown into bad situations with Lane Kiffin getting fired or dismissed like a week before the national title game, uh, and then came back and basically ran one of Alabama's best offenses ever in 2020, arguably the best Alabama offense ever. Heisman Trophy winner, a uh, wide receiver, and two other Heisman finalists in the backfield. Joe Moore, winning offensive line. It was a great offense. It was a great, great, great Alabama offense in 2020. Uh, so let's hear Coach Saban talk about Steve Sarkisian just a little bit. Yeah, Coach, you had Steve Sarkisian on your staff twice here: once as an analyst, once as offensive coordinator. What do you think he does so well um, as an offensive mind?
1: Well, I think Sark is one of the best coaches you know we've ever. Been around when it comes to offense. He's got a great disposition with the players. He's a really good teacher. He's got a great understanding of the game. Uh, really understands defense and how to attack defenses, but um, has some really good concepts on offense that are hard to defend. Uh, understands how to present them in different ways so that maybe whatever you practiced, you know, it doesn't really come up that way in the game, uh, which makes it more difficult for defensive players. But um, Shark did a great job here for us, uh, and he's doing a great job at Texas. And it's going to be a very challenging game. They've recruited well, they coach well, uh, and they've got good players, and they're well coached.
0: Got two to finish up Oscar and then Kirk. Hello, coach. If, how was that moment of decision when you extend your hand to Steve Sarkisian and he, give him a second chance? Thanks so much. Gracias.
1: Um, you know. I, I I like giving people second chances. Uh, I think if uh, their willingness to try to do the right things and um, you know whatever their mistakes were, they're you know trying to fix it and um, look for an opportunity. And geez, when Sark was here the first time, uh, he did such a good job. Uh, there was no question about the fact that we'd love to have him back a second time. Um, you know, he represented the program well. Uh, he's first class in every way. Um, so I, I was, I'm glad that I gave him a second chance. I'm glad that, um, you know, he came here as, whether it was an analyst or whatever, uh, proved that uh, he could do a good job. And, you know, went on to Atlanta to be the coordinator and, you know, came back here to be the coordinator. So it great.
0: See Sarkeesian and Coach really. Uh, y'all, you may not really remember, but but when, Steve, when Coach Sarkeesian got here originally and was it 2016? He, he was kind of uh, on the blacklist, he was on the blacklist after uh drinking it, you know, being oh, uh, having struggles with alcohol, having struggles with alcohol for sure. Um, and, and I don't really want to dive too much more into that because I don't know the deep, how deep the struggles were, but on the surface, he struggled, he had some struggles with alcohol and lost a job at USC. Uh, and so Coach Sabin. Really, really giving a uh, giving a guy a second chance, and I think that he really reignited his his career. And now, obviously, Sarkeesian is coaching at one of college football's biggest brands. Uh, and so, look. It's not going to be one of these uh, weekends where, like, obviously, I do want you to boo the Texas Longhorns and I do want you to yell while they're on offense for sure. But you got to just respect Sarkeesian and what he's done, what he did for our program. Uh, really, that 2020 season was uh, immaculate uh, in the offense was beautiful the entire season. I think Coach Sarkeesian puts his heart and soul into his job. Uh, Sometimes that might end up making things a little more difficult, but usually I think it yields good results, and Sarkeesian had, had great results while he was here and I think that uh, he, Coach Saban holds him in very, very high respect. Uh, I'm not going to play that clip twice like I did the others. I'm moving on to Coach's comments about playing former assistants. Uh, we're going to play for a, a former assistant. Coach is 28-2. Uh, this will be the 31st time that Coach will play a former assistant. Now, I know that Sark was really a Pete Carroll project first. Uh, Pete Carroll, and then obviously he got his own uh, head coaching position at Washington and then back at USC. But uh, Sarkisian is technically in the Saban tree and a former assistant. So this will be the 31st the thirty-first uh, matchup against a former Nick Saban assistant. Here was his comments about playing former assistants, and who knows who better. Uh, yes, Coach. We hear this a lot when you're coaching against someone that's been here, like Sark, about the advantage that uh, that coach may have. And I wonder if one thing, if that's a two-way street that uh, – it's some advantage to you to coach against someone that's been on your staff. now our two, I mean, more likely, I think, that it never comes up in preparation or games. I question would be
1: is, um, does somebody else know more about what we know than what they know? I, I mean, yeah, is it an advantage to the other guy that he knows what we do? But we also know what they do. So I don't know how you put that on a scale and say that it's more advantageous to one person than the other. Um, You know, we always try to focus on what we got to do with our players, try to get them to play good and not really worry too much about, you know, the other guys. But, you know, there could be some terminology things that if you don't change it up, they might be able to take advantage of. And I think we're aware of those things and trying to make sure that we don't give them any advantages. But I think it kind of goes both ways. It does go both ways,
0: and I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, really inter- interesting to see this weekend. Look, last year out there in Austin, Texas, goes down the field twice. Uh, gets a field goal on the first drive and a touchdown on the second drive. Now we all know and remember Quinn Ewers getting hurt at the end of that second drive, but they put up ten points right off the bat in, in those two drives. And I think a lot of people were like, "Oh gosh, sarkeesian has got Saban's numbers." Coach, C- Coach uh, Sark has got Saban on the ropes right here. I really now twofold. I think that one, the quarterback injury was a big factor. Yes, but I think coach Saban got a feel for, okay, here's how he's trying to attack us in these first two drives. And the game really settled in. They only scored what? Nine more points, three more field goals, the rest of the game. Oh yeah. It was because partly because of Hudson card in the game and not, when yours, but I think really and truly, Coach Saban said, "Okay, here's the first two drives. Here's how he attacked us. Let's use that information and kind of get a feel for how he's trying to get after us and slow the offense down." Now, and and so, look, whatever you see in the first drive, yes, you guys are going to be loud. You guys are going to be proud. You guys are going to be in the Texas face. But whatever you see on the first couple of drives, just know that Sarkeesian has been building this script, the early game script, for eleven months now. He's been building the script probably since uh, they lost in Austin. And so Texas is probably going to look really nice in the first drive. But let's give the Alabama defense, give Coach Saban a chance to settle into the game to really get the game, you know, get a feel for the game, understand what's going on. I think we're going to see a great game on Saturday night. And I think because both coaching staffs are familiar with each other, Uh, you're going to see a really, really unique chess match uh, in Bryant-Denny Stadium on Saturday night. We'll have a good football Friday. We're going to be joined by a Texas Longhorns writer tomorrow, uh, another Texas writer, and then we're going to try to to get caught up with the other Bama Central staff members on Friday uh, just to have another football Friday episode. I love doing that last Friday. We'll get their opinions on the game. You've heard my opinions on the game all week long. Uh, Going back up, scrolling up in the comments, my man Wendell Hare, a battle in the trenches will determine this game, and I think he is exactly right. If Alabama's defense can replicate what the Rice Owls did, uh, against the Texas Longhorns offensive line, oh, it might be a long day for Texas. Uh, and, and likewise, if the Alabama offensive line can protect uh, can protect Jalen Milrow and, and drive the running game uh, better than what Rice did last week, because Rice, oh my gosh, they were swallowed up by the Texas defensive line. I think if you can really win the battle up front, you're gonna win the ball game. I said yesterday on the program that I think it's gonna be 24 to 20 Alabama. I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be a, uh, a very big struggle. I think it's going to be like sitting in a dentist chair for three and a half hours. And so, guys, yeah, just get your novocaine ready and be ready to uh, to uh, you know be a part of the game because this will be a game where Alabama. I feel like will need you to be a part of the game. All right, so let's hit one, two topics before we get out of here. 15 more minutes left, roughly 15 more minutes left. Uh, Let's hit two topics before we get out of here. One, if you're watching NFL tonight, uh, you will get to see three Alabama players for the Detroit Lions. Jameer Gibbs and Brian Branch will be making their NFL debut. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be uh, a huge factor, uh, a huge factor for the Lions season this year. You guys know I'm a big Bears fan, so not a, not really into the Lions at all being a rival, but I do want to see Jameer Gibbs play well. I want to see Brian Branch make some plays tonight, and we'll see Isaiah Bugs as well. Uh, Isaiah Bugs getting moved to the second string on the defensive line, but you'll see him a Lot. It's going to be a fun weekend, Obama in the NFL. Obviously, you're all focused on Texas, and I don't want to distract you from the Texas matchup, but you got to get there on Saturday, and then you got to come down on Sunday. Uh, the NFL will be a great way to get there tonight watching uh, watching the Lions and Chiefs, and then on Sunday will be a great way to come down on Sunday and calm down uh, from whatever happens on Saturday night. You'll see Jameer Gibbs, Brian Branch, and Isaiah uh, Isaiah Bugs tonight at 7 o'clock on NBC, and then we have one real interesting matchup that I'll point out on Sunday at 325. The Eagles will be playing the New England Patriots. You guys know we have four quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Uh, obviously, Bryce Young is making his first start against the Atlanta Falcons. You'll probably be able to see that on your local Fox station uh, in the early window at noon. But at three twenty-five, you'll have Eagles and Patriots, and we'll be able to see Jalen Hurts play against Mac Jones. Obviously, more players on the Eagles for Alabama. You'll have oh, you'll have Devontae Smith. You'll have Landon Dickerson. You'll have Josh Job. You'll have Eli Ricks. You'll have a lot more players on the Eagles side than you do the Patriots side, but just a battle of the two Alabama quarterbacks uh, will be fun and interesting to see on Saturday afternoon at three twenty-five. I'll be locked into Bears and Packers, uh, but you guys will have to let me know how the Eagles game goes with Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones playing against one another on on Sunday. All right, so as we were getting into the show. So this is my first look at this. I haven't got a chance to really think about it a whole lot. As we were getting into the show, the Alabama basketball SEC conference schedule got dropped. Now, we all put out uh, stories about the non-conference schedule that can be seen at BamaCentral.com. And I believe uh, my, my, my friend Katie Wyndham has already written about the, the conference schedule being released. That can also be seen at BamaCentral.com. We are the Sports Illustrated home for the Alabama Crimson Tide. So we'll see. Let's look it over. Let's look it over. Alabama starting the season January 6th at Vanderbilt. Okay. How's it? Okay. At Vanderbilt, South Carolina at home. Uh, okay. At Mississippi State, Missouri at home. At Tennessee, Auburn at home. LSU at home. At Georgia, at State, at Auburn, at LSU. Ooh, that's a tough stretch a little bit. a uh, and at home. Florida at home. At Kentucky. Ooh. At Ole Miss, Tennessee at home, at Florida, and then Arkansas at home. So you get the home and home with Auburn as per usual. You get a home and a home. Is that with Florida? Yeah, home and home with Florida in pretty close, uh, pretty pretty close uh, proximity on the calendar. Starting at Vanderbilt, it's not going to be easy. We all know uh, just how difficult it is to win up there. I guess that's Memorial Gymnasium at Vanderbilt. Uh, you bring South Carolina back home from when, from when you had them at, uh, over in Columbia last year. Uh, I mean, obviously, all these teams, all these opponents we knew about because, you know, we knew about how the rotation was going to work out. Uh, just kind of an interesting you look at the home and away schedule. You get, what, three home uh, two home games in a row, LSU and Auburn. You get three. Four road games on the the road at Georgia, at Mississippi State, at Auburn, at LSU, right there at the end of January, early part of February. There's your meat right there. There's your meat and potatoes of the schedule at State, at Auburn, at LSU. You got to take two out of three right there. Uh, Look, I love Nate Oates. I'm confident in Nate Oates. I know the the team is uh, going to be well prepared for the conference schedule. Why? Because the non-conference schedule is going to be difficult and get these guys ready. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun. End of March looks like a little bit of a, a little bit of a difficult time. Tennessee at home, uh, at Florida, and then Arkansas at home to close out the season. Uh, look, you guys are gonna have to be wild and crazy as the short king Eric Musselman comes into uh, comes into the airplane hangar. Look. I love it. I can't wait for it. I don't want to look too far ahead for Alabama basketball because it's still a huge week with, with Alabama and Texas. And so we'll get into that a little bit further. Probably going to bring on Blake Byler or one of our basketball experts to talk hoops here pretty soon. Uh, but there you have the conference schedule. Uh, January 6th at Vandy. Here here, here it is once, once again in, in a row at Vanderbilt, South Carolina at home, at Mississippi State, M- Missouri at home, at Tennessee, Auburn at home, LSU at home, at Georgia, at Mississippi State, at Auburn, at LSU. There's your meat right there. Texas A&M at home, Florida at home, then a trip to Kentucky, a trip to Ole Miss, Tennessee at home, a trip to Florida, and closing out the season with an Arkansas home game. All right, so that's going to pretty much wrap us up for the program. I appreciate everyone jumping in on the comments. Our friend Julene, our friend Wendell Hare, our friend J- James Ludeman, everybody joining us on the comments. You can always join us on the comments. Find me on Facebook at JoeGather6, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Snapchat, on Instagram at JoeGather6. For all the social media machines, you can find me right there. I would love to connect with you guys. I'd love to uh, talk Bama football, Bama basketball, really anything you guys want to talk about. Uh, I'm, d- I'm down to it. Chat, chat about it right there on all the social media machines we're gonna have a fun rest of the day like I said Alabama soccer at four o'clock taking on southern southern uh, southern Mississippi uh, yeah southern Mississippi uh, at four o'clock you can read look go to BamaCentral.com and read my man will will Miller's work He just wrote a big old piece about Riley Tanner, great soccer player who made the World Cup, had a great interview with Riley Tanner. Uh, You can read that feature right there at BamaCentral.com. Be looking for the live updates on the game tonight at BamaCentral.com and be looking for the live updates on Hey Coach at 6.30. I'll be manning those live updates at 6.30, listening to Hey Coach for you guys that cannot listen to it. You can read about it on BamaCentral.com. Oh, hey, Cornelius, you missed it. That's no problem. You can listen to it over again right there right here on on youtube facebook twitter i'm about to post it to the bama central youtube page you can listen to all the episodes right there you can listen and watch the episodes right there you can hear them on spotify apple Podcasts, and on amazon any place that you like your podcast you can catch all the episodes right there i appreciate you jumping in the comments right there at the end it's no big deal and we love it too all the replays are right there on our social media machines and you can always leave a comment on the replays and i'll go back and address those as well we're going to have a fun Friday. Let's have a great Thursday. I mean, only half the day left. Hope you guys make it to the end. I, know I appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.